0: My name's Mike. I'm one of the members of our preaching team here at Alice Springs Baptist Church. Being on this team is a privilege, not in the sense that I've been granted some sort of special appointment or position of honour by the members in recognition of how great I am, but for the fact that God has chosen to use me in spite of my sin and my brokenness, to share his will with you so that you can grow closer to him. The subject of God's will is something we're going to be exploring in further detail tonight. Even though it is a privilege to be up here speaking to you, it doesn't mean it's necessarily easy. I spent weeks praying and staring at the passage I was given, waiting for some sort of divine inspiration, and I got nothing. Usually God gives me a message several weeks ahead of things. Um, This time he chose to test my faith and my patience by waiting until Wednesday. That was that was fun. As part of that, he actually went and changed the passage on me. We're supposed to be working through the Gospel of John, in which we are up to chapter 18, but he's led me to Mark instead. Um, the section that we're at of this Jesus story is the Garden of Gethsemane and Jesus' arrest. We'll read that in a moment, but first, let's pray. Thank you, Father, that you can bring us all here tonight. We know that none of us are here by mistake. It's it's your divine guidance that brings us here, and all for a good reason. So we pray, Lord, that this message that I speak tonight cannot be my own, but that it can come through you from your Holy Spirit. We pray that you suppress all my pride and my ego and my own agendas, Father, so that only you be heard here tonight. I pray that if there's anything written here in this message that you take that away from me, Father, so that only your words come out. And I pray that we can all find a way to apply it to our lives that builds your kingdom. Gotta go get the clicker. Got to bring that up. passage we're reading from is Mark 14, starting at verse 32. They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. Going a little further... He fell to the ground and prayed that, if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. Yet not what I will, but what you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Can't you keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The Spirit is willing but the flesh is weak. Once more he went away and prayed the same thing. When he came back, he again found them sleeping, because their eyes were heavy. They did not know what to say to him. I don't think I would either. Returning the third time, he said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Enough! The hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Recently, I went through a situation that greatly upset and frustrated me. I'm going to keep the details confidential, but I'll tell you the broad strokes of what happened. There's something that I've wanted, that I've been pursuing for years, a large life-changing sort of goal. Recently, it looked very much like God had opened that door for me. Everything was perfect about it. The timing, the specific details, just everything. It looked like he'd handcrafted it for me. And then at the last minute, got pulled away. I don't know if you've ever been through that, but it's pretty painful. I still don't know why it happened. It still has me confused and a bit upset. Why, why would God tease me with this and then just whip it out from under me? Did I fail a test? Did I want it too much? Did I make it an idol in my life? I don't actually have answers to any of these questions at this point in time. I'm still praying. I'm still asking God for clarity. Still asking for him to show me the path that I'm supposed to be walking forward. The only thing that I'm confident about in the matter is that it's not God's will for me to have it, at least not at this time. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus knew what was coming for him. He knew that it would be incredibly painful and he knew that it would be humiliating, he knew that he would be abused, and he knew that he, the divine Son of God, eternal and powerful, present since before creation, would be hung on a cross alongside common criminals to die a painful death while the crowd hurled insults and taunted him. He knew all of it, and he didn't want it. He wasn't rushing in with a big grin on his face. I'm so powerful. I'm God. I'm superior. I don't care what you do to me. His soul was overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. The gospel of Luke says that his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. I don't know if you've ever sliced yourself open before and seen the weight that blood comes out. That's a lot of sweat. Despite all that, despite it, the course that he chose to accept on it, yet not what I will, but what you will. What God the Father wills. Our lives aren't easy, and the Bible doesn't ever promise that they will be. Actually, it promises us hardship and persecution. Genesis 3 says that because of sin, we will live our lives by the sweat of our brows and through painful toil. In Luke 6 Jesus says to us that we will be persecuted for his sake. Life will be hard and painful. That is an unavoidable consequence of sin being brought into this world. But through any pain we face, any adversity, any difficulty, any disappointment, any persecution, there's only one response to it all that is acceptable to God. Yet not what I will, but what you will. Have you ever prayed that to him before? Have you ever knelt before God in a situation that hurts, said that to Him, and meant it? Doesn't mean that you have to swallow your emotions. Don't you have to put on a stiff upper lip and just pretend that nothing is wrong, life is fine, I'm too tough for this? It doesn't mean that you shouldn't let God know how you feel. It doesn't mean that you can't ask God, why is this happening? It doesn't mean that you can't beg God to intervene. God wants you to come to him. He wants you to tell him openly how you feel. He wants to have that heart to heart with you so he can establish the connection. But ultimately, we have to remember we were created for God by God for his purposes. He wasn't created for ours. And so even when we don't understand it, we have to accept and trust God's will. Just as Jesus did at the garden just as Job did after all of his tragedies. Not just in hard times as well, even when times are good, even when we're getting everything that we think we want, even when life is just sputtery smooth, we need to follow God's will. But how do we know God's will? On that front, I've got some good news. God doesn't expect us to just stumble around in the dark. He's provided us with several ways to learn what his will is. For starters, there are 66 books of scripture for you to read that detail his will over the ages. Yes, some of it was specific to certain times, certain situations, but most of it still applies to us today. And he's provided us with churches that have preachers to whom he speaks his will to share with you tonight, just like I'm doing. In these churches, there are pastors, there are elders who have walked his path for years. They are wise in his ways and they can use that wisdom to help you discern his will in your life. Finally, and most importantly, you can ask him yourselves. I've said it before and I'll say it again. God speaks to those who are willing to listen. Come to God in prayer, clear away distractions, and ask God, what do you want from me? Ask him what his will is in your life. I hope that we can all get into the habit of declaring, not my will, Lord, but your will. Declare it when you wake up in the morning. Declare it at work. Declare it at school. Declare it at home. Declare it when you go to bed each night. But don't just let it become an empty phrase. Consider what it means and the sacrifice that is demanded along with that phrase. I can already tell you the grand strokes of his will for you. God is building himself a kingdom. It's his will for all of us that we become builders and citizens in this kingdom. But it's on each of us to seek his will and learn exactly what our individual contribution to this grand construction is that he has in mind for us. Maybe your next job for him is volunteering right here in the church. That's all I have to tell you tonight. It's not a very long sermon, not particularly complex or deep theology, but it's the single most important thing that I can share with you. All of us, each and every one, we need to dedicate our lives first and foremost to pursuing God's will. Because when you pursue God's will and you walk his path, the destination is heaven. And I'd like to see you all there someday.